The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Showtime! Hey guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. Well, as you all know, normally Jess would jump in here now and introduce herself. Unfortunately, Jess has had a family emergency and wasn't able to record right now. Plus, I have to leave on a business trip soon that's going to keep me out of town for six weeks. So we've decided that Garthology just isn't Garthology without one of the three of us which means we needed to get some recordings done right away. But with Jess not available, we didn't want to record a whole episode. So for right now, we're going to hit replay on a previous episode, and then Pete and I will come back and chat a little about the previous episode. We'll add some additional thoughts and see if we feel the same now as we did when we first recorded it. Plus, we'll include some new shout-outs to some of our very favorite Garthologists. Absolutely. We hope you'll all stick around and listen through the episode again, as well as our new thoughts and new shoutouts. We have missed recording and are hoping to bring some of you new full-length episodes very soon. But for now, we're excited to share these new thoughts with you. We've really missed our Garthologist and talking to each other about Garth. Plus, if you could all send up some prayers and good wishes for Jess and her family, that would truly be a blessing. Now let's get to it. For today's episode of Garthology, Season 2, Episode 11, we're going to look back at Season 1, Episode 9, our review of the first five songs on Garth's third album, Rope in the Wind. Let's go. Hey guys, it's Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Episode 9 of the Garthology Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us on this journey that we're taking. And for today's episode, we're going to talk about Garth's third studio album, Rope in the Wind. Rope in the Wind was released on September 2nd of 1991. It was Garth's first album to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 chart and on the Top Country Albums chart, the first country album to do that since Kenny Rogers did it a decade earlier. It spent a combined 18 weeks at number one and was certified 14 times platinum in 1998. And platinum, in case you guys don't know, it means 1 million sales. So that album went platinum, 1 million sales, 14 times. Rope in the Wind also won Garth his very first Grammy Award. He was named the Best Country Vocal Performance Male. The album before this, No Fences, did so well that it's understandable that Garth was concerned about how the album after it would do. As Garth describes it in Anthology Part 1, the first two albums were like the black and white beginning of The Wizard of Oz, and Rope in the Wind was like when everything became full color and they were on the yellow brick road. This album followed one of the biggest selling albums in country music history, and it was a very worthy successor. To me, this album epitomizes the Garth sound. 
it shows his 70s influence, that like gritty music that he grew up with came out. And it displays like his arena rock chops to me. That's how I see this album. So let's go over to Pete for the first song. The first song off Roping the Wind is Against the Grain. Yes, I ain't too diplomatic. I just never been the kind to go along. Just avoiding confrontation for the sake of confirmation. And I'll bet I tend to sing a different song. Sometimes you just can't be afraid to wear a different hat. If Columbus sat the bottom, this old world might still be flat. Nothing adventure, nothing new game. Sometimes you got to go against the grain. Against the Grain was written by Bruce Booten, Larry Cordell, and Carl Jackson. It was never released as a single off the album, but it did peak at number 66 on the Billboard chart. So going back a little bit to what Deb was saying about the song and the album to follow, in the anthology, one of the things that Garth says was that he needed a song that could take the risk that it may piss people off, but a song to make a statement right off the start. And Against the Grain was that song. It starts with a blast. It delays, and then the song takes off with that really in-your-face country beat. This song is so powerful to me. My past and the meaning behind the lyrics has kind of been the way I've always lived my life. Sometimes it didn't work out as I planned, but most of the time it worked out better than I could have imagined because I stuck to my guns and my feelings, and I followed through with it. In the middle of the first verse when he says, And I'll admit, I tend to sing a different song, but sometimes you just can't be afraid to wear a different hat. If Columbus would have complied, this world might still be flat. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Sometimes you got to go against the grain. It makes me realize that in this world, if you want something, that you believe in something, that you can't have anybody or anything stand in your way or tell you it's not possible. Do it your way, even if it's not the way that most would do. Make things happen for yourself. And with those lyrics and that song, listening to it, doing the research, it kept taking me back to different parts of my life where, you know, things like that may come up and I would make a plan. And although it would kind of start to get off track a little bit and or I didn't really see it following through with the way that I hoped at the time, if I stuck to my guns, stood up for myself and what I believed in, I went against the grain, maybe not the way that some people would handle it, eventually in the end, it always worked out for me. So that song, that's kind of how it, it, what it means to me and kind of how it affected, like going back to my past and my history. So that's what I got from the song. How about you guys? Yeah, I I really love this song. Um, it, It's a lot of fun. The music part reminds me of Calling Baton Rouge because it's really upbeat and fast and I like that part of it. But it's also a great message, like you said, about just going your own way and doing things the way that you see fit for your life, regardless of what other people think. I love the line at the end that says, if you're going to make a difference, if you're going to leave your mark, you can't follow like a bunch of sheep. You've got to listen to your heart. And that kind of goes along with what you just said. You, you know, you have to follow your own heart. And I like that it was a This message, I feel like, could be said or sang with a much slower, more serious song, but I like that it was still the serious topic, but the song itself is a fun, upbeat song that you like to sing along with and kind of dance along to. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Deb? Yeah, absolutely. 
I like this song. This is one of my favorites off the album. I'm still shocked that it wasn't really a single. I really think that there's a lot of Garth in this song. I know that he didn't write it, but when you, you know, when you hear lines like, folks call me a maverick, which I think in country music, when Garth was at this point in his career, he really was a maverick. And I think that when he talks about he's been accused of making his own rules, again, I think that is Garth. I think that he changed country music, the way that it was being played, the way that it was being listened to, the people that listened to it. I think Garth jumped right in and shook it all up and just changed the rules completely. And so to me, this song is all about Garth. And it also reminds me of Standing Outside the Fire which kind of has the same theme going through the lyrics. So I really like this song, and I think it just fits Garth to a T for me. It's one of my favorites. I agree. Yeah, you know, saying that as far as Garth doing Garth's thing, I mean, to this day even, you know, he still has his music off of YouTube, and, you know, he specifically indicates where his music's going to be played. For instance, right now, the deal with Amazon Music, and he's always kind of been that way. You know, it was going to be his way of doing it. And obviously, it's worked out real well for him. So with that, we will pass it over to Deb for song number two. Yes, I have song number two, and it is Rodeo. It's a blood, it's a dust and mud, it's a roar of a Sunday crowd. It's wide and there's nothing, the gold and the buckle, he'll win the next go round. It's boots and shafts, it's cowboy hats, it's spurs and let it go. It's the ropes and the reins and the joy and the pain And they call the thing a rodeo Rodeo was written by Larry Bastian, who we've talked about in the past. Larry actually wrote this song like six or seven years before he even met Garth. It was the first single released from Rope in the Wind, and it peaked at number three on the U.S. country chart. But it actually reached number one in Canada, which I thought that was cool. Rodeo was originally titled Miss Rodeo, and it was written for a woman to sing. According to a few different reports, as well as the anthology, Garth went all over asking a bunch of different women artists to record it. He even asked Trisha, and none of them would do it, which just is so funny to me. At this point, he had just come off No Fences, which was huge. And he was really making a name for himself, and he could not find a woman to record this song. And he just really felt like there was something there. He could feel the rodeo in it. He could feel the muscle coming through it. So he decided he was just going to do it himself. His band picked up their instruments. They started playing it. And then he talks about how they turned it raw and greasy and dirty and sweaty, which to me, it just describes this song perfectly. So he changed some of the words to fit a man singing it. And as Chris Ledoux told Garth, it's what cowboy music is all about. And I completely agree. I love the music in this. It's raw and it's gritty and it's just a great, great song. I agree. Uh, It sounds like a rodeo to me. I had the word gritty written in my notes as well. It's, It's a little dangerous, a little raw sounding. And I like that. I think it gets people's attention. It also mentions Tulsa, which I love and loved as a kid, that it was something that I recognized. And it's such an anthem for rodeo people and for for people who love country music in general. But I think there's a crowd there that that really spoke to, especially, and it's just kind of an iconic song for them now. 
And even the fact that Chris Ledoux took an interest in it and had commentary on it says a lot about that. <laughs> One of the things I had in my note is that I learned what Latigo was from this song. <laughs> like, not now. As a kid, I was like, what is Latigo? And I had to look it up. And for those that don't know, it's a type of leather. But yeah, I love this song. I've always loved it. And it's one that I know all the words to it and could listen to it every day and not get tired of it. How about you, Pete? Yeah, uh, kind of all the same thing. You're talking about an anthem, you know, for that kind of group. And, uh, you know, at a rodeo, I remember I used to always go to the PBR rodeo here in uh, Anaheim when they would have it over at the pond. And if that song wasn't played two or three times during that night and everybody in the stands would sing it, something was going on, something was wrong. So uh, you're right, it does. It tells a story as far as, you know, you talk about the chaps, cowboy hat, buckles and things like that. You, it literally paints a picture of a guy in a rodeo. And again, more of Garth's music and the layers where it puts you in and how the lyrics could put you right in that spot. But it is a fun song. One, again, that I know all the words to. And uh, every time it comes on, you just got to turn it up a little louder. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's go over to Jess for song number three. Song number three is What She's Doing Now. Makes me wonder what she doing now. Because what she's doing now is tearing me apart. Filling up my mind and emptying my heart. This song was written by Pat Alger and Garth Brooks, and it was the third single off of Rope in the Wind, released December 6th of 1991. It spent four weeks at the top of the charts and peaked at number one. We've talked about Pat Alger before, so you guys know he wrote Unanswered Prayers and The Thunder Rolls and That Summer. So he and Garth are an awesome writing team. And of course, probably anything that they wrote could be a number one if it is chosen to be on an album. It just needs a chance to get out there. And this one was no exception. It just got a lot of attention once it got released. Actually, surprisingly, it was released before Garth wrote the song, but Crystal Gale actually recorded it before on an album called Ain't Gonna Worry in 1990. Um, it obviously just wasn't a big hit until Garth released it on his album. But originally when she recorded it, it was called What He's Doing Now. So I did not go back and listen to that song, but I kind of want to <laughs> just to hear it from another perspective. The song was actually Garth's idea and it was based on an ex of his that was living out in Colorado the last that he knew and he just wondered about her and what had happened to her in her life. And I think anybody can identify with that, just wondering about someone in your past who was important to you once upon a time. And in these days, it's a little harder to probably imagine because we have Facebook and all the social media and it's easy to creep on somebody. But there's those random people out there who still don't have social media. So if it was one of those people, or if you just don't feel comfortable looking them up, I'm sure there's someone in your past who you can kind of wonder what became of their life. And for Garth, he wondered, was this woman married? Had she become a mom? He just kind of wondered about her. And so when he presented the idea to Pat Alger and they sat down and talked about it, Pat said, well, what about her? And Garth said, just just what she's doing now. And Pat said, well, what is she doing? And Garth said, well, she's keeping me up at night. And Pat said, I wonder if she knows what she's doing now. And Garth said he just got goosebumps and was like, he knew that they were onto something and that they had a, they had a hit there. So I... 
I was interested because in the anthology, there was a, a part where Garth talked about the music on this song and how it sounded to him. And we've talked before about how the music sometimes really matches the lyrics. And, you know, sometimes just the tune is what it is. But he said the line, I took a walk in the evening wind. Actually, in, in the anthology, it says I took a walk in the winter wind. So I don't know if that was a change in the actual lyric or, you know, sometimes there's songs and I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but you know, where like a word has changed over the years and Garth sings it a different way live now than it was released on the album originally. But the line in the song that says I took a walk in the evening wind, Garth said that whole line right there feels kind of light blue, kind of icy blue. And the music captured that. And I could see that when I listened to the music, but I thought it was funny that he kind of looked at the music the same way that we've talked about. Like sometimes you really can get a feeling from the music without any words at all, and it sets a tone. Did you guys have any thoughts you want to share on this one? That's a really good one. The description of that musical passage was perfect. It it's exactly what it sounds like. So I actually didn't read about it in the anthology. I didn't go over this part. So that's that's really interesting. I like that he describes it that way because it's perfect. And I didn't know that Crystal Gale recorded it. Yeah, I didn't either. That's amazing. These people that we find, you know, we keep, it seems like we find almost at least one person in almost every episode that has recorded a song that I knew nothing about. So that's cool. I'll go out and find her version of it. And maybe I'll drop in a little snippet of it. Makes me what he's doing now What he's doing now Is tearing me apart Filling up my mind And emptying my heart I can hear him call Each time the poor wind blows I wonder if he knows What he's doing now I love this song. And for me, the lyric, filling up my mind and emptying my heart. Oh, mm. that's such a great lyric. And that just, it crushes my soul a little bit for anybody that feels that way. So yeah, I love this song. It's great. Pete, what did you think? You know, a lot of the same stuff, right? I, the, the, the tone that the song is sung to, the music in the background, really does match very, very well. and. It's always talking about like what she's doing now when I have Garth playing or, you know, after a concert or something like that, you get into a conversation, you ask, you, I wonder what they're doing now. Or I wonder what he, you know, whatever you could anyway, it just reminds me of the song. That one saying in conversation with somebody that I might be talking to takes me back to this song. It's a really great song and uh, I always enjoy listening to it. It's, uh, well, it's wonderful. And I really, really want to go back and listen to the original recording of it. I didn't know that there was another one out there, so that'll be interesting. And I want to find out, is it a winter night or summer night? I gotta look at that lyric. I've been, while you've been talking, I've been playing it in my head, and I'm like, I think it's the evening. What is, what is the lyric? I want to listen to it. It's definitely evening. I never heard winter in it. Yeah, I, I don't remember that either. Okay, I think that's all with that one. So we are going to take it over to song number four with Pete. Yep, song number four off the album is Burning Bridges. Yesterday she thanked me for oiling that front door. This morning when she wakes, she won't be thankful anymore. 
She'll never know how much I care Just that I couldn't stay And I'll never know the reason why I always run away Burning bridges, one by one What I'm doing can't be Burning Bridges was written by Stephanie Brown and Garth Brooks. We've talked plenty of times in the past about Stephanie and how when Garth got to Nashville, she had mentioned to him that he should meet a guy by the name of Bob Doyle. So she was kind of Garth's way into the music. This song was not released as a single off of the album, and I couldn't find anywhere where it had peaked on any of the charts as well. So if somebody could find, if it did, that'd be great to know because I couldn't find it. I looked. Listening to it, I don't know how it didn't peak somewhere on a chart if it didn't, and I really, really feel that it should have been a single or a, a song that got more mentioned. Because I got to be honest, going back and doing the research, I heard it, I knew the lyrics, I didn't know them that well, but listening to it, I've completely fallen in love with this song. In the anthology, Garth writes something amazing about the people who leave easily and the people who stay. The people who leave are actually the victim. And the ones who stay, the ones who can commit, those are the ones that can settle down, find the ones that they are supposed to be with, whereas the ones who leave and burn the bridges will never find the person that they should be with forever because they leave it all the time when the going gets tough. That, to me, is so powerful. It shows that people are willing to work and the people who are willing to put in the time are the ones who will find their forever happiness, in my eyes, from what he wrote. The ones who so easily give up and leave and burn bridges are the ones that may not ever find the full success to their potential. Another great story in the anthology is about our buddy Mike Palmer. Palmer always thought that the first line in Burning Bridges, Yesterday she thanked me for oiling the front door. This morning when she wakes, she won't be thankful anymore, was just a throwaway line. And thinking about it that way, I thought to myself, I think it's a great line, good way to start off, makes sense, okay, she thanked me for doing it. And then you listen to the lyrics, and it really wasn't just a chore. But after thinking and reading about it, it points out that him leaving couldn't be possible because the creaking door without the oil would wake her up. And so it shows that that one little line, although doesn't mean a whole lot, really set the tone to me for the entire song. And then from there, it got into the complete story of what the song is about. And then, you know, I think about Burning Bridges and the meaning behind what I knew it as, not necessarily related to the song, as far as, you know, in business, buying different parts from different vendors, you always want to make sure that you have an open relationship with everybody and you don't burn those bridges because quite honestly, there could always be a time where you need that one person back. But if you just leave that person high and dry with no explanation and no reason for not doing business, when you do need them, when they have something that I may need, they're not going to be there for me because I burnt that bridge. It's funny to hear that saying, think about it in business and then relay it back to the song in a relationship way and then go through and think about the ones who are willing to stay and commit are the ones that will always find their happiness or their full potential because they're able to 
keep themselves through the tough time, put in the work, and ultimately achieve that happiness. Whereas people who are not willing to put in the work, they don't want to make the commitment. They're always going to go out and try to chase that happiness. They're never going to be able to find it. So that's really what I took from the song. Like I said, it wasn't a song I knew word for word. I definitely feel that I'm darn close to knowing it now because I kept replaying it doing the research. And the meaning behind that song was very, very powerful. That's what I got from it. How about you guys? I I love this song. I I know this one really well. It's a song that I've loved for a long time. And it's it's a brilliant song with brilliant lyrics. I'm I'm so impressed by the songwriting on this one. I like I say a million times with all the songs, I love the background vocals on this song. I think my my favorite parts are there's a line that says, I told her that we'd cross that bridge whenever it arrived. Now through the flames I see her standing on the other side. And that makes me think of how many times in a relationship you can maybe put off an argument or put off something you know is maybe going to be problematic or even maybe don't realize is going to be problematic. But at the end of it, when you finally have that conversation, you find yourself standing at the opposite end of the pole with somebody with all this space in between. And sometimes it's too much to bridge that gap. You know, you've you've kind of put it off and now there's this big space between you. And then the other one is at the end when it says, and the bridge I need to get there will be the bridge that I have burned. That always stayed with me. And it's such a powerful line and you can relate it to so many parts of your life. But like you were talking about in business, it makes sense in relationships, in friendships. You know, you just, you can't foresee the future. You don't know how things are going to go and when you're going to need someone in your life, when your circumstances or their circumstances are going to change. And it's just very good to keep in mind. I think the idea of that, you know, there are places I think and times in life when it is necessary to burn a bridge. But I think it's rare. Most of the time, I think you need to be careful to not burn bridges, especially with people who are important to you, but just with people in general. But again, I could talk about this song for a really long time because I love it so much, but I will pass it over (laughs) and let Deb talk about it for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I love this song so much. I actually, I think I've never really sat and thought about what is my favorite Garth Brooks album. But in reviewing this album right now for this podcast, I think I'm leaning towards this album. I And I don't know if it's just because I've listened to every song on this album so much. I love this entire album, so I don't think there's going to be a song on it that I'm going to critique and not say I love it because <laughs> it just is a great, great album. And so this song for me is one of the top. I agree with the entire sentiment of what both of you talked about, like burning bridges, whether in business or relationship is a terrible thing to do. And I think everyone should be careful not to do that because if those people are important in your life, then you don't want to burn that bridge. No matter what's happened between you, you don't want to let that person go. And burning a bridge with someone will absolutely do that. So I think that's a really important lesson that everybody can learn. And I think it's genius what Palmer said in the anthology about That first, I mean, he's right. That first phrase, the first lyric, you wouldn't really think much about it. But had he not oiled that door, it wouldn't have been very easy for him to leave. So it really is. If you look at these lyrics, if you actually look at the lyrics of this entire song, there are little nuggets of truth throughout all of them. Like every verse in here you'll stop and go, oh my gosh, that's genius. So yeah, I love this song. It's great. One of the best. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it really is a good song. 
I'm glad that we uh, were all able to review that, and we will now pass it over to Deb for song number five. Yes, I have song number five, and it is Papa Loved Mama. Papa Love Mama was written by Kim Williams and Garth Brooks. And who knew that a song about cheating and murder could be so freaking good? So if you guys have listened to our past podcast, you'll hear where Jess talked about the newspaper article that this was found in. And it turns out that this song almost didn't make the album, which is funny to me because I can't even imagine Rope in the Wind without this. The album was pretty much done, and the 10th cut on the album was going to be Patsy Cline's Walkin' at Midnight, which Garth actually did release later on other subsequent albums. But Kim brought part of the Papa Love Mama song that he had, he had started writing, he brought that to Garth on the last day of sessions. And then Garth and Kim sat down and pretty much on the spot wrote the rest of the song. As Alan Reynolds points out in the anthology, it's not a long song. If you look at it, it's only two minutes and 50 seconds. So that made me think about the song itself. And I went back and looked. It is two minutes and 50 seconds. And the last 58 seconds of the song is all music. Garth's last vocal is at 151. And the song's outro goes from then until the 250 mark. So for all of that time, almost half the song, there's no vocals. It's a very short story. But isn't that amazing when you think of it that way? Because when I think of Papa Love Mama, I know the entire story. Like it's one of those where we've talked in the past about it feels like it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But this is a really, really short song and has almost as much instrumental music as it does actual vocals. Yeah, you don't notice it. It doesn't seem short. Yeah, it really doesn't. And it's totally worth it. That one minute and 51 seconds that we get of Garth is awesome. It tells a whole story. And then I also just love the outro because the music is great. You get that lap steel guitar, which is awesome. You get the fiddle. You get everybody in there doing their thing. And it's a fantastic outro. So this song to me is fully Garth Brooks. Like I think it's absolutely him. And it's part of what made this album, for me, the Garth Brooks sound. Oh, this song just always makes me laugh. It kind of, it just, I can't help but kind of chuckle when I listen to it. And I kind of knowing the story behind it makes me feel a little bit bad now because I didn't know for a long time until we started, you know, doing this and talking about it. And until Garth talked about, I think in the wind show that this was based on a true story that if you look at it in reality, that's actually a very sad story. But the way it's presented in the song just makes me kind of laugh. It's hard to categorize. It's, do you call it a love song? It's definitely a story song, but it's it's kind of its own genre, I would say. But it's definitely a fun, hopping kind of music. And, and I love that. In that way, it's kind of like rodeo or one of those that you can always put on and just sing with in the background. And, and I like that. Yeah, it, uh, I got to tell you, with this song, when we talk about Garth live, and you can categorize different Garth songs in different ways being live. If I was to take 
the top one or two, what I would call energetic, fun, lights come up, things get loud, Garth running around the stage. It's got to be, for me, Papa Love Mama. That When they start hitting the the musical instruments on that song live, and all of the, the bright lights come up, and Garth starts running around and having a good time, you know, and a lot of times he'll get up on the, the Palmer drum set and he's banging things around. And he does that on a couple of those real energetic, fun songs. This is the one. At any point in any concert, it could start it off and set the mood. It could be, you know, an hour into the show and where things are kind of starting to calm down and he's got to re-energize the, the crowd. To me, this would be the song that would do it. The song is so much fun to listen to live. But you go back to it and you wonder, is it really a, a love song in the way that they wrote it? And how he comes in and he shows Garth a newspaper article in the last session where they thought that they were going to have to cancel it. Uh, Garth tells the story, and I love it. He comes in, shows him the newspaper. He goes, here's your love song. And he goes, love song? That's not a love song. He goes, no, this is your love song. And he goes, that's a big rig smashed into a hotel. You know, and he's hitting his fist against it, telling the story. And he goes, this is our love song. And they sat down and wrote it. I love, love, love that story about that song. Yeah, it's a great song. All right, guys, so that wraps up the first five songs of Rope in the Wind. Hey, guys, Deb and Pete here, back in the present. We're so glad you stayed with us to hear some additional comments we have after listening to our original review of the first five songs on Rope in the Wind. First, let me say it was so odd to listen to us. (laughs) Right? Isn't that the funniest thing? Especially because since then, like I've gotten better equipment. So listening to then when I didn't have this equipment, I was like, man, she did a good job editing it, but I could still (laughs) tell the difference. Yeah. And when I listen back now on those old episodes, the editing, oh, I've gotten so much better. Thank you all so Mm. much for sticking with us, even through the rough spots. Trial and error, trial and error. Right? But I'm super excited that we've decided to start this re-listen with Rope in the Wind because I just love this album. As I stated in the original recording, this is my favorite Garth Brooks album. Everything on it is just so dang good. It is. It's really good. There's just a ton of country and a ton, uh, like a ton of great, great songs on it. Yeah, there really is. Like if you start with Against the Grain, the very first song. So it was interesting to me to listen back to that episode and hear, Pete, you talked about how Garth thought that maybe this song would piss people off, which is so surprising to me, even hearing that again, because I love this song. I can't imagine anyone getting mad about this song. Right. And you even mentioned the blast at the beginning. I love that blast. That thing's awesome. It it was crazy because listening back to it and listening to what I had to say then, obviously, we've done a ton of research on other stuff since then. So obviously, I had the anthology nearby and I went and I opened it up and a lot of that's in there. And that was the same thing. I was like, why would people be pissed? But again, it was, you know, all about that against the grain, you know, style style song and, and what the lyrics meant. Listening back to it, like even then when we recorded it, I had mentioned the meaning behind that song and the message in it, you know, living your life and, and doing it the way that you want. Like I was so happy that the meaning of that song was there because it's, it's just the way that I choose to live my life. And to this day, and then I know that wasn't too long ago before we had recorded it, but it's just a great reminder, you know, listen, man, nose to the grindstone, do it your way, make sure that you're respectful to others and and, and get through it, you know, do it and fight for it, whether you, you know, you think it's right or wrong, whichever way, but make sure you do it the right way. It's a great message in that song. 
Yep. Yep. You got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it is. It's a real like wham in your face coming straight off of the beginning of the album. You know, first song, first couple, boom, it's there. And uh, very country. Like we said before, this is a very country record. Yeah. And I do, I am still shocked that that song was not a single. I still cannot believe Against the Grain wasn't a single. And I don't think that that'll be the only time that we say this tonight, because there was a couple songs, uh, quite a few songs on that album that we mentioned when we did the episode the first time, like, how was this song not a single? Right. Yeah. And again, like uh, in Lonesome Dove, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Same thing. Like, it was just like, how? How did this not happen? Yeah. And I imagine if this album were released today for the first time, I think that the chosen singles would be totally different. And or if not the same, then just more now, you know, I mean, I don't know that there's a song. There was one song on this album going back and listening to it again, that it was a little difficult for me to get into. But I don't know how every song couldn't be a single uh, or peak or, you know, there was a couple songs that didn't even peak on the billboard. And uh, I think, like you said, today, they all could. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's go on to Rodeo. So one of the things that we didn't mention in the original podcast review of Rodeo is that Trisha is actually the person that convinced Garth to record Rodeo. And I love that because as we stated in the first one, it was originally meant for a woman to sing. And Garth even went around to women country singers and couldn't get any of them to record it, including Trisha. But then Trisha convinced him to record it. And I love that. That's perfect because he did a fantastic job on that song. 100%. Absolutely. And going back and listening to the episode and then yeah, listening to uh, what we had researched and talked about before, the one thing that I came up for this uh, in the presence uh, you know, review of it was I really wish that we got a chance to hear a woman sing what the original uh, name was going to be Miss Rodeo. Like that would have been great. And obviously I don't know that there would have been anybody better to do it than Trish, but I guess, and I don't guess, I know I'm so happy that we have Rodeo now. It'd be great to see Miss Rodeo since we already have Rodeo from Garth and see how good it would be. You know, that, that would be cool. And, and Trisha would have to do it. Yeah. And then that we would have the other side of that coin. Like this is the rodeo person saying, I can't get away from the rodeo. But then instead, you'd have the woman's version of that, which is, I can't get my man away from the rodeo. rodeo. Yeah. Let her tell her side of the story. Yeah. How great would that be? We got to find a way to get this training (laughs) so we can get it done. Ask the Garthologist, hey, everybody, if you want to hear what we want to hear, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. That would be fantastic. I would love to hear that now. Absolutely. So, okay, so now let's go on to what she's doing now. So as far as that song goes, it still surprises me that Garth was not the first person to record that song. And then hearing that drop in of Crystal Gale's version of that song, it's still so super odd to me. So good. But it's good, though. It is good. good, yeah, Yeah. But it's super weird hearing anyone else sing that song. Absolutely. And it's funny uh, how this one came up in this episode because a little bit of a teaser to the Garthologist. We do have a Heartbreak Song episode that will be coming up at some point. And this was actually a song that I chose for it because it is my second favorite all-time Garth Heartbreak Song. In the last time that we reviewed it, I love how Jess brought up the social media and being able to creep around on people to find it because back in the old days, right, you didn't you didn't have that. 
So yeah. the story of what she's doing now, when it was written and released, wouldn't make sense today because, mm -hmm. quite honestly, almost everybody's got social media, and you could find a way. Jess told a great story about how the title came up between Pat and Garth and Garth mentions how he wonders what she's doing now. And Pat says, well, what is she doing now? Garth responded by saying she's keeping me up at night. I love the story. I always talk about how Garth tells stories that put you in the song at that time. When I was listening to the episode, Jess told the story well enough to put me in that room with those two discussing the, the title track for the song. And uh, I, I thought it was great. It's like I said, my second all time favorite heartbreak song. And I love listening to it the last couple of days while we prepared for this one. It's always a great one. It is. It's such a great song. Definitely one of my favorites. What did you think about Burning Bridges? Burning Bridges. I love the song when I did it the first time on the original episode, and I love it even more now. I mentioned then that I did not know it as well at the time, and I was adding it to the playlist. It went from the playlist right away to the favorite playlist. I fell in love with the song then, and I know that I will never get enough of this one. It's crazy. I, I didn't know how powerful the, the first line was. In the first line, it says, yesterday she thanked me for oiling the front door. It, was, it set a tone for the entire song, like I said, but now it's the number one lyric I think about when I'm at home doing house chores. Like That one line stuck with me so much, and I love the message in that song about not burning bridges friends. And I talked about it in business, but it's also a great message to teach young kids. Friends and people that you have around you in this world, they help build bridges to success. Teach them not to burn them because they're going to need them. They're going to need them to advance and, and get better in life and, and advance in life. So I love the song. I've listened to it so much more since we recorded it then than I ever had previous to that. And the message... It's such a good one. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I still love that song. It's such a great song, which then leads us into the next great song on this album, because oh. this whole album is so great. It doesn't stop. Right? It That's doesn't what, stop. This whole album is so good. So we move on to Papa Love Mama. This song is fantastic. It will always be one of my favorites. And I totally agree with what Pete said on this during that original podcast recording. This song, when Garth does it live in a live show, it's the best part of a live show. It's so good. Him getting up on Palmer's drums, I can just picture oh. all of that in my head every time I hear it. Absolutely. It is. That It's another one of those like in your face, let's get things going like right now. It's always, always been like that type of song. Again, and I think I've mentioned it in other episodes, you know, and as many live shows as we've been to, people are like, you know, how do you continue to go to the shows? And this is one song that Garth never allows you to just sit still. If you're a true Garth fan and you're at a live show, there's always a song that's going to get you right back in it, get you right back on your feet. And Papa Love Mama is always one of them. A great love story song. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing I took back when we talked about it then, and I didn't discuss it a lot, but you did, is about how short that song is. Right. Like, and, it, you know, then, then the lyric part of it and then the outro part of it and how long that is. But it's so good. You don't realize that it's that short of a song. But, but there always could be a part two to the song oh, nowadays. Gosh, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great? A woman driving a car into some hotel motel somewhere. You know, I love when Garth Brooks says when he comes in with a paper and some guy just drives a, a, a truck into a hotel motel and he slams his hands. I love it. But 
there could always be a, a part two to this. So that would be that would be very, very good. Like he does with one of his other songs and puts in that third verse. Maybe he can put in a third yeah. or a fourth or a fifth verse of this song. No problem getting this song to three and a half, four or five minute long. Awesome. Okay, guys, that wraps up our updated discussion of the first five songs on Garth's third album, Rope in the Wind. Now let's go over to Pete for a shout out to one of our very favorite Garthologists. Absolutely. Our man, Bubba Strauss. He has been so very supportive of us and the podcast. I actually had the privilege to talk on the phone personally with Bubba and get to know him as a man and a husband. He recently got married to a beautiful lady he's been with for a long time. He's got such a great vision and and a great outlook on life. And he, on the phone, was so supportive of the three of us and the show and had a bunch of show ideas. And I just got to say, Bubba, from day one, it seems like you've been there. And every time something comes up, we know that your name's going to be on the top of the the share and the retweet and the commenting. And we just really appreciate the support, man. We we love the the effort that you put into helping us out. Thank you so much, Bubba. You really are awesome. And we appreciate all you do. And Bubba was the, the big winner of our first ever giveaway. That's right. Yes, he was. He'll be linked to us forever. Yes. Sending love out to you, Bubba. Take care. And your beautiful wife. Absolutely, man. Best wishes. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by and leave a comment on our blog page to let us know how we're doing. Plus, you can submit a show idea on the show idea page. While you're there, go ahead and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the website. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Do you listen on Apple Podcasts? If so, stop by there now and give us a rating and write up a quick review just to let us know how we're doing and to encourage others to listen. Are you in a Garth Brooks fan page on Facebook? If so, don't forget to share us with your group by posting about us or sharing one of our posts there. Help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Yeah, talking about friends in low places, we're very fortunate to have a great following on our social media accounts. If you are on social media and you're looking for us, you can find us at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you use Twitter or Instagram, we are at GarthologyCast on those two platforms. While at any of them, if you can like, share, tweet or retweet, obviously comment and or any questions you'd like to reach out to us, you can direct message us on those accounts and we will get back to you as soon as possible. We do appreciate the support, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. This has been Season 2, Episode 11 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And Jess, we miss you. Take care. We love you. So, so much. We love you, Jess. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I forgot that I didn't write down the name of it. I assumed I'd know. Oh my god. The yellow brick road <laughs> heading into that. We place. have a little bit of an issue here. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> my god. That's awesome.